Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of the Red Carpenter Trailer Trash Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me, as always, is the incomparable Connor Rock. It sounded like you were about to say Ryan. No, it's, <laughs> it's I, I was trying to, I'll be honest, I, I was going to say incomparable like, and then just pause, and then I just forgot to add the like in there. And, and just boy, all now, similes now out just, the window? Yeah, no, it's, I just spoiled everything. It's, it seems like you forgot my name, but we can, we can move past that. Uh, how's, how's it's, life? It's What's John, up? right? <laughs> yeah, this is me, John Rock. That was the, it's, that was actually the name, God, we're so rusty, we're like talking over each other, but that was, that was the name of, uh, my egg baby in, uh, like, health class in high school. Did you have to do that? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Uh, I, like... I, d- I didn't have to do that, but I know what you're talking about, because it's like one of those generic things that... Uh, they have in every other uh, Nickelodeon sh- live-action show. Funny you should mention that, because Kate and I were just talking about this as well, because we're watching Sister, Sister right now, as it came on Netflix. Uh, that's I thought that was a Disney show, but that's uh, T and Tamara Maori, is it not? Yes. And uh, they had like the Egg Baby episode last one, so I was talking about my Egg Baby, which was... I guess it was Duncan John Rock, but whatever. John Rock can be the same thing. Right. Yeah, reminds me of, I think it was a pitcher, John Rocker, was known for being a wild partier and just an overall insane person. Okay, there's some baseball facts that I will not retain, I promise you that. You, I'm, I'm almost certain you, st- you don't know what I just said right now. <laughs> Let's not press it. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty well. How about yourself? Living the dream. Which is, I, I guess I suppose that's what, like, depressed office workers say, but I meant it. I don't am Well, not really. But it's fine. Everything's fine. It's good. It's, you know, week 50 of quarantine. and Don't worry. We just we just recently, last week, passed uh, the, the six-month anniversary of 15 days to stop the spread. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I that. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so fucking funny. Mostly probably because it's just sad. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you have to laugh so you don't cry. But uh, yeah, here we are. We're back at it, and we're talking about some movies. And uh, those movies being Devil All the Time, uh, Infidel, Antebellum, and Kajillionaire. Yep. And Ian... I watched Devil All the Time. Did you do that as well, or did you just trailer it? Because no, I, said... I I watched all I watched it, and I the, the the reason you're asking is because I had forgotten to watch the trailers for the two more obscure movies that we're watching trailers for today and looking ahead at, and uh, that's because that's because I suck, and that's really the only explanation I can <laughs> give for it. But okay, yeah. yeah, I I thought you said you. Never mind. I thought you lumped Devil all the time in there with those, but don't. We everything is cleared up, and uh, yeah. So we're gonna be taking a look at that movie, and then we're gonna look at the trailers for the other three. I don't feel like saying them again. I'm being lazy. 
uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna rank them. We're gonna do some red carpet or trailer trash is how things usually go here, and we're back to this, which uh, I think I I was looking ahead, and boy, I think we're gonna have to start doing just an off and on thing with what we were doing during the quarantine, partially just because we need to not be rusty because we took a fucking week off and we're just doing garbage right now <laughs> it was, yeah yep we're having yeah. a rough time <laughs> but uh yeah because i was so excited we were getting back into the regular format of like you go to the movies and i don't do any of the work and now i gotta start watching movies again which uh i honestly i don't know i mean we can we can jump right into the devil all the time i had some thoughts about it um unless there's a if you want to talk about some stuff fun times in your quarantine week or anything go ahead uh well uh something exciting that happened today is that i talked with a person that i had uh sort of sort of worked with tangentially uh last year for part as part of my first rotation and i'm not sure if you knew this but like the rotation only program only lasts two years and then you have to find a permanent job or get the fuck out. Uh, okay, yeah, I figured it was something like that. Yeah, and so the there's a chance he like he reached out to me and like specifically asked me to if I'd be interested in applying to this new position that's opening up. Uh, and he's gonna post next week, and so I might I might have the inside track to getting a more permanent role, which might mean a raise. And also That's... a bonus, a signing bonus. So I might, I might be on the on the short track for uh, getting a car. Oh, nice! That's exciting news. So, do you do you have to finish your rotations? No, can you, like, I can I can leave early out. at any time. Okay. But it's one of those things where like I would not. I'm gonna do what I can to if I do get the job. I'm gonna do what I can to sort of transition in a way that I still. Uh, don't leave my current position. The people there, high and dry. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. That would I I would even if it's like something that they're accustomed to, I would just feel shitty about it, and so I wouldn't want to do that to them. And just be like, deuces, good luck with all this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, like they're they're going to be they're already adding two people to the team because they were understaffed when i joined uh so i like when i joined they had just lost someone and they were already understaffed so they needed to add a new position overall so right now if like i'm hoping because they're the two new people are supposed to start next month I'm hoping that they'll, like, lighten the load for everyone else so that when I do transition away, the amount of work that's added for the other people isn't going to be as much since now everyone's, all the positions have been filled. But that's also, that's also just assuming I get the job, which can't be, we we don't want to jump ahead on that. Don't be counting your chickens. Um, But yeah, is there, like, a, a training period, like... For for these for the new people to come in, will they need like X amount of weeks to get uh you know familiar with the the stuff, or is it just kind of like you learned all this, you should know it, here you go. Uh, it's usually like 
it's usually a couple weeks to get acclimated or like a month to get acclimated to what your day-to-day stuff is and what your monthly stuff is but for the most part after the after the first couple weeks it's just hitting the ground running okay so like you don't want to leave them as soon as those people get here but then you know in, in three weeks or whatever you should probably be good to give them, give I, them I like if based upon the timeline i would i would find out if i had the job and would be able to fill it like end of mid to end of november and so i would do i would likely transition during december and then January, that's the only thing I'd be concerned about, is just leaving them totally fucked in January. But yeah. I, this is, once again, this is trying to concern myself with a problem that I have not encountered yet, and so I'm just gonna not do that. It sounds good, but we will, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be hoping and good luck and, you know, all the stuff people say when people are trying to get jobs. Mm-hmm. I've heard them all, so... <laughs> Believe me. Have um, you had any luck? No. Well, no. Uh, I don't know. We can talk about this off off air. It's rather boring of my my job hunt. I will say that the like enviro or like the air quality place that I was excited about last time when we actually saw each other in person, uh, just straight up never got back to me. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go fuck myself then. And uh, then I poured my heart and soul into making a board game, and here's here we are. That's the end of that sentence. Gotcha. Okay, let's dive into the <laughs> devil all the time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um. Do you you want to do it? Or do you want me to do it? Why don't you do it? You are in the movie after all. That's true. There is there is some good Robert Pattinson weird fucking voices in this movie. So, uh, Devil All the Time is a movie that it does not surprise me that it was based on a book because it kind of tells the stories of, I don't know, four or five different kind of sets of characters, really. Um, maybe, maybe more, maybe less, but in all these characters are from either Coal Creek, West Virginia, or it's like stick them up Ohio. Not knock them stiff. Ohio. I knew it was something stupid. Outside of Mead, Ohio. Yeah, so they're they're all uh, the characters through are from either of these two towns, and it's kind of the story about um, almost generations of of characters as well, and just a strange weaving interconnected tale. Um, mostly, I, I'd say like if I had to put one point of it, like what what's what like the synopsis of the movie should be is it's Tom Holland being surrounded by crappy people. Um, but it, so it, it's kind of hard to, to, to pin down like one, one, one like sentence or like, you know, a paragraph to tell, tell what this movie's about. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I think you might be able to do this better. Yeah. I probably should have jumped on this. So it, it starts off <laughs> following, uh, Willard, uh, Russell, I think that's the last name, is the Russells. Uh, it starts off following Willard Russell and how he sort of meets his wife and how they have a kid because it's the story of his son, Arvin Russell. And you did hear that correctly. There is no M. 
Took me a while to figure that out. It is Arvin, not Marvin Russell. Uh, <laughs> and it follows the story of how the sort of the troubles and the major lessons that he learned and experienced while growing up with, under his father. And then uh, what happens when he goes to live with his aunt his grandmother and stepsister and how the so basically the the misfortunes that lead to a sort of snowball into the deaths of uh members of his family and some people that you've been following along up to this point that are sort of interconnected in it, it's a very complicated web of people who encounter Tom Holland as he's trying to sort of put to rest the the demons of his father and forgive him for something he did while he was younger uh while still taking away the lessons he learned from him I think that is a that's that's a lot better than I did, and I think that's that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Um, honestly, I this when I was watching this, it reminded me a lot of The Irishman. Uh, and then I'm gonna say something here, and you're not gonna like it, but I thought it was better. Uh, well, you're wrong, but please continue. <laughs> I guess I my, The Irishman was just it was a little too slow for me and a little too long. And I think this kind of had all those same elements. I mean, obviously, it's not a gangster film or like a mob film or whatever. It's like kind of like a southern, just like a southern Christian, I don't know, whatever film. Uh, but it just it, it felt very similar to me. But I I just I thought it was more entertaining. And you know, maybe I'm I'm just not cut out for the the Scorsese movies. Uh, but that, that is, that was my like kind of initial takeaway after finishing the film. Um, and then I, upon thinking of it, like, just kind of thinking about it a little bit, I, how, I don't, how was this, how was it received? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I saw, it's an 82%, I believe for audience score with like a 56%, uh, no, 64%. Rotten Tomatoes, like uh, okay. critic score, because like I I looked but I didn't remember, but I think that's that yeah right, it's, that it was it's about basically half. it's been shown to be like a mediocre movie amongst critics and then a decent like a good decent good movie amongst the audience I believe yeah that 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 makes sense and I I you know what I like really thought of it and i won't go too long because there's a lot to get into and i mean if we want to pick apart specific things we can this is kind of recent so i don't think we want to spoil it but we'll see as always we'll see where we go um it was just like parts of it were very predictable i mean if you know the characters and like can reasonably predict where the story will go after a certain point it it all kind of like I would say like the the last the the entire fourth. final act yeah. you could see it coming a mile away. Yeah, like as as soon because otherwise you're following people for no reason because it it really, it really does uh follow around the like Tom Holland and he is the kind of the the central point of all the stories. Yeah. 
Um, that being said, I really, I, I just, I like Tom Holland's performance. I think I might just like Tom Holland. I thought Robert Tom Pattinson Holland is great. did a great job of being like a very creepy pastor who just kind of sucks. Like, I, I don't know really what it was. I, I don't I don't think it was anything like I think anyone probably could have done the role, but I think he did it really well and just kind of added something of like a like a, just a some kind of creep factor that really. I thought it I thought it was perfect casting to have him play like the charismatic and like creepy, uh, creepy pastor that's interested in underage girls. Yeah. He he did a really good job. I that being said, I think so. Was that Bill Skarsgård? I know it was one of yeah, the Skarsgårds. That's I believe okay. that was I believe that was Pennywise. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. Okay, and he, I think he did a really good job as Willard. Um, my one complaint about him would be that he kind of seemed like grounded and down to earth, and maybe that's just like what you know tragedy to a loved one will do to you. But he made like a real quick one eighty of like his sanity. Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, he completely uprooted his life to move 10 hours away to the Mead, Ohio area for this girl that he met as a waitress. That was his waitress one time when he was coming, uh, when yeah, he got I guess back that's from true. the war. Like he, he, his entire life was centered around this chick. So I, I, it made sense. Uh, I, it was a bit much, and I wouldn't have guessed, but it, it wasn't out of character. It was just sort of a, a stark, a stark occurrence. The, I mean, once, once you saw what happened with the dog, you had to know that he was he like, his sanity was not exactly. Oh, well, I was mostly talking about what happened with the dog. Oh, okay. I, just like all of a sudden, he like looked at that deer head in the bar and was like, "The Lord demands sacrifice." Even though he hadn't been like particularly religious in in scenes before that, but well, the movie also—I mean, it did it did say that his dad Willard would spend hours and would go all day, like any like times throughout the day to to see him to like the praying log. So uh, it was, yeah. so like it was when he got back from war, he was very like non-religious. But once he got back into it, he was like fully devoted to it. All right, I think I think that might be just an instance which this movie kind of does this a lot. Is it kind of drops a line like a like a sort of exposition or like something a hint to the future? And then it doesn't really show you it. Like, when Tom Holland is confronting Robert Pattinson, is the best example of this, I think, is, like, you don't know that he'd been following him until he, like, tells you that. So well, the movie that's doesn't why, show that's you why you stuff. were able to see what was going on with him during that time frame leading up to it. Because it was through the lens of Tom Holland. But... I don't know. In a movie like this, where the, it jumps around to so many different characters, I didn't really like. Suspect yeah, th- that. that was that was something I I also missed out on that. But the as I was watching it, but then I was like, 
okay, that's why we were seeing what was going on. Yeah. So I, it must have been one of those things where the movie, like, things happen outside the the viewer of the movie. Like, life goes on. I don't know how to put it other than that. But like you, you don't see everything that happens, and you're just either told about it later or you're shown it later. Or, you know, you, you have to infer some things. Yeah, well, that's that really goes to my biggest my biggest problem with this, and that's the feels sort of like cobbled together hastily and sort of disjointed. It this movie, it was, I think it was decent. I thought it was engaging. It was an interesting movie, and it was definitely entertaining. But the I think that it would serve so significantly better as a book, and that's why like. I understand why they would convert it into a movie, but I I can't help but imagine that the book was significantly better. Just yeah, because I, it would be a more it feels like there would be more natural it would be more natural just because of the like the chapter structure and it would just happen to tie together at the end as opposed to jumping scene by scene to people that are completely unrelated to each other. Yeah, I I mean I didn't have such a big problem with that. I think the movie did a good job of uh of kind of giving you like the outline of things. So everything all like all the actions and and the motivations of the characters I think made sense. But it was just, you know, it made sense in a way that the movie said, This is how this person this is like who this person is and just trust us on that. You don't really get to build on that or like see them become anything. Like there's very little character development in the movie. And for instance, like the sheriff, you just know he's concerned with winning the election and then he's involved with some shady people. So like everything he does, knowing those two things makes sense, but there's no real reason for it from you, the, for you like that the viewer understands. Is that you follow that? I mean, yes, but there's also no real need. Like, is a corrupt cop really something that you need to understand his motivations for it? It's money well, no, and power. I, yeah, I got that. And like, but when he goes to like Joey's house or whatever, and he he sort of a spoiler for five seconds, and he like kills the two guys there. You don't see anything of those two guys except for in the diner before that, and what the narrator tells you. So, like, I get, I get it, I understand why, but it just felt like something that this guy was just doing to, like, just to do it. Yeah, that part of the story uh, legitimately could have been cut. It had, it wasn't really necessary. The only thing it might do is basically lend itself to show that. He's not just dirty in the sense that, like, he'll take bribes and stuff, but he will kill people. Yeah. Like, without thinking twice about it. And so I guess that helps for the the climax of the movie, like, seeing what's going to happen. But I don't... I, yeah, I just, I just don't think it was that helpful. I think it could have probably been assumed leading up to it anyway. But the I I found the most interesting part of this was always when it was centered around Tom Holland. I thought that Carl and his wife 
Uh, I I didn't find them to be an especially interesting pair throughout the movie. Yeah, it it they wanted them to be you know I guess like more charming or like a Bonnie and Clyde type deal, and they, I I think you're right. They just didn't really have any chemistry. The I feel like or you know like you're you're absolutely right. They they weren't super interesting. Well, the just, it's it's one of those things where when you don't take more than 20 or 30 minutes with any one character in the entire movie and i would say it's like 20 minutes with each character or like each storyline you don't really get a whole lot out of it that yeah. and so it's it's far more dependent upon the performances so that's why the the ones that stood out as being great were tom holland and Robert Pattinson and Bill Skarsgård because they have the acting chops to carry a storyline by themselves. But the the problem is that when you have, like, I'm not going to say they did a bad job, but they didn't really pop off the screen whenever they were doing their, their run their storyline, either the Carl and his wife or the sheriff. I just wasn't especially interested in either of those storylines until the end. And it felt like it was just sort of a lead in, like a tangential storyline that didn't really was basically there to explain why something that was going to happen later took place when frankly, you didn't really need it to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, most of the interesting conflict didn't really involve them. I guess it kind of did. And it led to... I don't I, I think they were trying to do, like, a tense moment when Tom Holland encounters uh, Roy and whatever her name is or whatever their names are. But, like I said, it was kind of predictable. So you're like, okay, well, I think... Like, you're not ever worried. But to, to backtrack five seconds, I, I I think that you're absolutely right that, like, the parts with... Pattinson, Holland, and uh, Skarsgård like felt a lot fuller uh, because just because like they're more talented actors. And you're also right that the the other actors didn't do bad, but it's just the the chunks that they they pulled out to tell those stories. You know, they they acted they could act them perfectly, but it's it's just gonna come up flat because it's it seems like it was trying to do too much. Like it, it did. It, this is gonna, this is gonna be sound contradictory and nonsensical. But the movie, it showed what it needed to show to make the viewer understand the characters and understand like the situations. But it absolutely did like bare minimum, and then it didn't show enough to make you understand like character motivations or the characters. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't flush them. It showed you enough to know what was going on, but it didn't show you enough to care. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And the... uh, And just one side note about it is being from West Virginia, I knew where she was pointing to on the map when she was thinking about leaving. And the fact that she called it Clarksville really irritated me. What... What is it? It's Clarksburg. Oh, Clarksburg. Yeah, okay. I I should have known that. I'm from West Virginia. I guess there could be more Clarksvilles, though. Bergvilles. Yes, but she was talking about going from 50 to 79. 
I have legitimately never looked at a map in my life, my man. I'm a millennial. Well, the reason I know that is because that's how I got to Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, that would make sense. And then she was talking about going up to Pittsburgh, which you just follow 79 to Pittsburgh. The most I've looked at a map of West Virginia is on Fallout 76. Am I right? That was a great game. Clearly someone didn't try and get that golden horseshoe. The golden horseshoe? Oh, wait, Chen- you were Chen- in a private school, weren't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> what's the Golden Horseshoe, though? It's a, a statewide competition where you try and learn as much as you can about West Virginia and then take a test, and if you pass, you get a Golden Horseshoe. It used to be <laughs> actually it used to actually be made out of gold, but now it's just like, it's either a horseshoe painted gold or like there's a thin layer of gold on the horseshoe that they give you. Wait, you're telling me the state of West Virginia used to hand out solid gold horseshoes? Not like I don't think it's like real sized ones. I think it's like small. Uh, like okay, okay. The size of like a necklace that you could hang on like a necklace. <laughs> I thought they were handing out like forty pound solid gold horseshoes. I with with how they handle most of their financial decision making, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, you but you were expected to learn all fifty five counties, all the rivers, all the mountains, uh. Just that kind of, like, where all the cities were, that kind of stuff. Huh. I didn't know. That sounds fun. That's a good state incentive there. But I was, uh, I wasn't even just in a private school. I was across the river. I was in Maryland, so I had no knowledge of anything. That's definitely why, then. I never even heard of this. But, uh, yeah, okay, so aside of, from, from map, map blunders, do you have any other takes about the movie? Um... Let me think. No, no, I think I think that's about it. I just my my last and only takeaway was it must have been super easy to be a serial killer in like the sixties, because if they I if mean, they didn't take the those Zodiac. pictures, well, yeah, was that in the sixties? It was the fifties into the sixties, I believe. I always thought that was the sixties into the seventies, but it might have I mean, been. I thought it, it. I was thinking it might have been like from fifty-seven yeah. to seventy-two. I could totally be okay. Well, then that spans the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I, I really can... don't have a good concept of how long the Zodiac Killer was actually active because the only the only thing I know about it is it's definitely Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. and outside of that, what the internet has told me. One of I my favorite running jokes that that. Uh, the politicians have actually jumped onto is that the uh, people online are actually sending out Zodiac letters whenever they're like, happy birthday to Ted Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. Didn't he acknowledge it at some point? Like he, Oh no, he, he has done that same thing. Okay. He's definitely like memed about uh, it. It says, it looks like you were probably right. It was 60s into the 70s. Okay. That was just out of my ass. I have no idea. But uh, speaking of 60s into the 70s... uh, Oh, shit. Hold on. I I said that segue before I looked at the... uh, 60s into the 70s, if you want to talk about... Well, Annabellum is not... We're going to talk about Annabelle now. The 1860s to 17 to 70s, maybe. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Antebellum <laughs> period was like the 1820s, so. Well, minus it doesn't matter. We'll talk about talk about Antebellum. Um, you... so you're you're the horror, the resident horror fan. So what did you, what did you think? L- let me let me let me let me break this down for you. This movie tries to get you with its trailers. So I didn't watch the movie. Did you watch the movie? No. It's like 20 bucks video on demand. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. But anyway, it tries to get you with the trailers. It wants you to think there's more going on. Because I watched the two trailers for it. Maybe three. But I watched... No, I watched the two trailers twice. Maybe one. It doesn't matter. It tries to get you. And make you think there's more going on than it actually is. This movie... Is M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, but with slaves and like a plantation. I'm calling it right now. They try to get you with the airplane that disappears from from the sky and make you think that people are getting transported in time. And you know what? If that's the case, I'm I'm gonna be much more for the movie. Uh, you know, I think that's a very interesting and crazy like horror concept. Is like, what do you do? But in reality, it's just some crazy guy in like a remote part of the country who's running a plantation and kidnapping people. And that is that's that is my bet on this movie, and I think it's going to be bad. That's it. Uh, yeah. So the that is I hadn't thought about it at all, but you are almost certainly correct. Because like, like I've I've seen trailers for this on like Hulu or whatever, and up until I like actually looked at these trailers and analyzed them, I thought it was the time travel thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like that's a that's a unique and like just honestly kind of terrifying concept. It's like, what do you do if someone like zaps you back in time to work on a plantation? But then after watching it and like, I I just I I I am convinced it is the village. <laughs> And there, there wasn't was anything the, particular was the in the village, trailers. Was the village that bad? I know that a lot of people hated that twist. I really liked the village. I, it's probably one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies. And yeah, but a lot of people hate it. What's um, your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie besides the ones that everyone loves? Like Unbreakable and uh, Sixth Sense. Uh, mine is Signs, regardless of the other two. Sign, I love Signs. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Sixth Sense, but Signs is also my favorite. Yeah, I haven't seen Unbreakable, and I mean to do that. I want to watch Glass at some point. Really, like I've heard kinda... I've heard Glass is god awful. Uh, Split... Well, isn't Unbreakable, Split, and Glass like a trilogy? Yes, in a way. Uh, I've heard Glass was just unwatchably bad. Unbreakable is arguably M Night Shyamalan's best movie. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And Split is okay. It's, like, fine. It's interesting. Yeah. It's one of those where you're basically just watching how good of an actor James McAvoy is for 90 minutes. Yeah, because he just plays, like, nine different personalities or whatever. Yeah, it's some shit and One like of them is, like, the Beast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've never seen Unbreakable. That could, that could change it. But even with Sixth Sense in the running, I think Science is definitely my favorite. I, I just I just uh I because I watched it all as a kid, and that one scene where the there it's like a birthday party in 
don't know, some I, I want to say it's like Latin America. It was yeah, okay. Mexico. It's Mexico. And the alien like is there in the shot the whole time and then just steps out from the bush like it had been camouflaged. I don't know. That that really got me as a kid and I still mm. I still love watching that to to this day. And the, and the twist in it is like okay, I guess. Yeah, well, it's one of those where like it doesn't like I think I listened to someone explain why it made sense, but overall it really doesn't make sense that there's that these aliens that would be killed by water would come to a place that's 60 that's two-thirds water and that water the thing that can kill them just falls from the sky every now and again (laughs) i didn't think about the rain aspect from it i've heard the like why would they come to earth with all the water and both of those are really good points i have no arguments against it like it's not it's not even just that there's all this water it's the fact that the water turns into precipitation it's like uh <laughs> it falls from the sky <laughs> yeah it's it's like the i think there's a show on netflix like a brazilian show where that's actually a thing where the world gets so acidic like the water gets so acidic that it turns into literal acid rain and can kill you if you're caught in the rain oh that's an interesting concept but it's it works better than science is because like we're stuck here. We didn't choose this life. Yeah, exactly. But that's like that's the thing is I've I was never that like irritated by it because I'm like they can just avoid the fucking oceans. They don't have to go into rivers. And then so, then I <laughs> I thought someone was like yeah, but what if it rains? And I'm like oh fuck that would really, <laughs> that'd really be bad. Yeah, instead of watching Annabellum, don't even watch the trailer. Go watch Signs. Much better movie. Uh, the really good at building tension. Really, it, it's pro. It's not an especially scary movie, but it's a very suspenseful movie. Like you don't really know what's going to happen or how how things are going to go forward. Yeah, and it it really plays on that. Like for a lot of it, and I th- I think this might be a, a bonus feature on the signs dvd where m night Shyamalan says this and it made such an impression on like how i think about horror is it 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 preys on that horror of being like i the most terrifying horror is knowing that like you're not alone in a room that you think you are and like the, the bad guy has been there the whole time and then like you realize it in the movie right before it moves or whatever Mm -hmm. and it does that for a lot of scenes the, but, so yeah, definitely, the two, definitely the signs. The two other movies, well, one is, I think the first time it happened was Black Christmas or When a Stranger Calls was the first time when it was like, the call is coming from inside the house. And it's like that, it, I remember my mother telling me that when she was growing up, that was the scariest movie she ever saw was When a Stranger Calls because she was like, that everything else there's like these monsters like the blob or godzilla or like Sir, like michael meyer like these unkillable things and it's like that's that's like a movie that's fiction but once you get into like a deranged killer making a call from inside the house like that yeah. is something that easily could happen and you just wouldn't, and, like, the, just the sheer concept of it is terrifying. And then Invisible Man did that really effectively earlier this year. 
Oh, speaking of which, we just watched that. We watched that like two days ago. Really? What did you think? I I loved it. I I thought it was great. I there was one problem I had with the movie, um, and I'll talk. I can talk about that in a second. But you you're absolutely right. It does a great job of sometimes it'll be like long cuts of rooms or whatever, and nothing happens. And sometimes something very subtle will happen, and it it just it it did a good job of being like tense the whole time even though it wasn't particularly scary because you kind of knew what was up mm-hmm. but but it, it it really was like that would suck to like have to fight an invisible person or like try to figure out like a truly invisible person um that being said my, my problem with the movie is in the scene where she's at dinner with her sister and oh like, yeah the shenanigans happen and then she just like willingly takes the knife well, no, the problem isn't that she willingly... It's that she, he was able to do it so quickly and then it basically fucking teleported to her hand. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, she doesn't willingly take it, but it was just like... I guess maybe he could have gripped on her fingers now that I'm thinking about it and made her grab it. But, but like, yeah, it, it couldn't was just... have happened. There's no way he could have managed that by himself. Like he It could've... was just insanely fast, yeah. Yeah, so someone else would have noticed it, I would like to think. Yeah. And also, so I guess this is a minor problem, is, like, he seemed to exhibit, like, super strength sometimes. That was like, also, like, yes, that super strength, he was, like, notably physically fit, though. Yeah, and... but like she was still probably, like, what, like, 100, 120 pounds, and he just, like, could throw her across rooms. I guess that's true, yeah. Like, I don't know, I've never tried to chuck a woman across a room, so maybe I'll do some research this week and get back to you. <laughs> Kate, have fun, have fun listening back to this one. Uh, <laughs> Kate, my desk is right behind yours. Um, I, I will say that this did have probably one of the like scariest jump scares uh, in a movie I've ever seen. Was it the one with the paint? Yeah, that one. See, I I was like, I saw it coming, and yet it still terrified me. Well, the, yeah, because they showed it in the trailer, and I do agree with you that it was great because just like just conceptually, that is terrifying. Plus, like the jump scare of it, it kind of made the perfect combo. Had well, they not a, shown that in the well, trailer, I, I don't remember seeing that in the trailer. Oh, okay. So you was like fresh. No, I I distinctly remember that like the paint throwing scene in the trailer so i was like i know what happens now that she's up in the attic yeah well the thing that like just the idea of it's one of those things where it doesn't come out of nowhere like into the shot it's already there and and yeah that's what i mean it's like it's been there the whole time and like in that situation it's close to you it's like those those dreams or like those horror stories where like you'll wake up and, like, you're kind of groggy or whatever, and then realize that, like, there's a face right beside your bed or whatever. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's so, like, that type of horror is so good. And that, that jump scare really just kind of, it, it did it perf- perfectly. I will say the, the problem, another, like, that scene is the one where he's just throwing her around the room with ease. Yeah. Uh, followed immediately by... Like, the amount of strength people... Unless this suit must give people super strength, because it uh, later in the movie, when she's able to just 
like yeah like dominate him essentially yeah yeah without any difficulty it's absolutely just ridiculous but the the fact that that same scene where he's just throwing her about willy-nilly his ability to wash white i can't get white paint off of my hands or clothes that quickly in like i can't do it in 10 minutes and this guy managed to do it in like 30 seconds yeah and then he turns on the sink and the sink was full of paint but like she saw the sink when it turned on so like he clearly wasn't sitting there scrubbing there are a lot of like with him disappearing or like moving out of the way of things was kind of a problem too and especially him be able to do like do stuff like that fast and silently yeah so there, I mean, there are problems, but suspend the, like say this this chalk it off to like the suit. Maybe the suit's like water retardant or whatever, so the paint yeah. came off real easily. Oh, yeah. and then the chick just being like, "Oh, you punched me." It's like I understand you're like I didn't. You're like there's not gonna be an invisible man in the room with me, but your initial thought is this chick on the other side of the room punched oh, me yeah. in the face. <laughs> yeah, Kate. Kate and I had problems with that. Like. She must have thought she was like the Flash or something, moving at a hyperspeed. Because I, I was like, if that happened to like me, if I was the one who was just me and my friend are alone in the room, she's five feet away, and I get decked. I'm a rational person, but I'm not going to be like you punch me. I'm going to say maybe ghosts are real. I'm like, going to I'm going to get the fuck out of wherever I am at that point because I'm like. I I don't know what's going on, and I need to not be in an area where I'm getting punched out of thin air. Yeah, you don't blame your friend, like your friend, who's clearly didn't do it. Like but, uh, the, okay. the, just the I I know that we've spent we've spent a lot of time <laughs> discussing a movie that is not Annabellum, or uh, we do we do have two other movies that we should be discussing. Yeah, I I just I was gonna say one last thing about Invisible Man is and you probably brought this up in the in in the episode where we actually talked about this movie but it did such a good job of putting you into i forget the main character's place i don't remember her name but like of being like what would you do when like you are you are being so convincingly made out to look like you're crazy because of all this like like just unheard of invisible technology plus like just absolute chaotic nonsense happening you around you like i don't know i really fell for that like being like well, i don't even yeah, know what i do in this it's situation it's one of those things where i i can understand the idea of like making her seem crazy because of by like her coming off crazy cuz she didn't pack the certain materials or she uh passed out because she had taken too much of some like I understand that, but the things that he did to supposedly did to like create these separations just made zero sense. Yeah, that they worked. Like the, her sister just being like, when someone says what email after coming to you for help the day of them sending you an email saying they didn't want to ever talk to you again. Even if even if you don't believe her that it's her abusive ex boyfriend that's dead, just think that she got hacked by yeah, someone you, like, that it's hates an email. her. Like it's an email. It's not like she told you over the phone. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, and that's kind of exactly like what happened with the punching scene. Like a lot of people do, just like distance themselves over the minorest shit, or like the most nonsensical shit. All no, in all, though, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think, no, right, I, go I, ahead, I, finish your I, thought. I I think it was a good movie. It's just there were a lot of things that were very irritating that clearly had to. In order to sort of relay what was going on, I understand why they did it, but it's very much the, I like this. I would like to think these people would have more sense to it. Yeah. All right, so uh, back to Annabellum. That's really my only thought about it. Like I said, I think it's going to be the village, but with slavery. And yeah. Now that you now that you say that, I have lost all interest in this movie. I think I think maybe, don't get me wrong. There's a chance it could totally surprise me and be the time travel like kind of cool horror story. I think it's gonna be, but it it just gave me those vibes. I I can't explain it. It's just that when I when I watched the trailer today, I was like, that's that's what this movie is. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. If this is like she's somehow time traveling, then that would be far more interesting. But if it's just she's working she's been kidnapped and she's now a slave on a plantation in like the middle of fucking nowhere um yeah no that's just that's just a rehash of an already done thing but isn't super interesting um so up next is kajillionaire yeah um so i'll I'll give yeah you go for it i did the other one so, Kajillionaire is the story of this family of sort of schemers, uh, a mother, a father, and a daughter, who basically try and steal or sna- just scheme their way into getting by, as opposed to trying to get, like, get abundance. They try and just sort of work in a more parasitic sense and steal from people. And then they encounter a woman who's, like, actually welcoming and compassionate and wants to help them. And the daughter wants to treat her kindly, while the parents seem to want to betray her and take her shit. Uh, And it's just sort of the looking into how the relationship formed by them raising her in that way. Yeah, um, honestly... I, I, I don't know how I feel about this movie. The trailer didn't have, I mean, it it pretty much conveyed exactly what you just said. And then I want, like, it seems like an interesting concept, an interesting, uh, uh, like, kind of a a unique, a more unique concept. Um, At least I haven't seen anything like it in a while. And I, I want to like it. And I think I might like it. I think it might be a, a good movie. My only problem with the trailer is that the the daughter, who is kind of the main character of the movie, I presume, sounds like she's doing a bad Napoleon Dynamite impression every time she speaks. <laughs> and I was kind of put off by that. But other than that, I think this looks very interesting. And you know, if it come if it comes up somewhere, I'm gonna try. I probably I'll probably make a point to to watch it. Um, what's your take i'm kind of i'm kind of tepid on this i 
It reminds me of a foreign film I watched called Shoplifters. I believe it's a Japanese movie. Uh, that was that movie was very good. I think it's on Hulu or Amazon Prime. If you can find it, definitely watch it. It's very good. The but it's I I it just doesn't seem super I I just don't seem to care about this. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it ends up being a great movie, but it seems like it's I don't know how they fill the time the the runtime for it. It doesn't it seems like they gave away the entire plot in the in the trailer. Yeah, I I didn't think about that. I I agree though. You're you're like an hour thirty seems too long for this movie. You're you're absolutely right because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else is gonna happen. I I can all, I can like just already minutes. I can already assume that there's going to be like a very slow time frame where I'm just it's just sort of lagging and I just I'm trying to stay interested but it's just not working. I mean, I think best case scenario is they would fill most or some of that time with like the the heists you know like the little shenanigan stuff they do Mm -hmm. but at the same time even that is going to get old yeah so i don't know i think i I think you're right i didn't think about that yep i think i'll still Uh, probably try to catch it though mm -hmm. uh i'm this is one where like this is sort of the problem where I, I'm now not really going to movies in person right now. Not even just because I don't want to be in the theaters, but because I, I just don't have any interest in seeing these movies. Yeah. Is this uh, one theater released? I think it's a theater release, at least oh. to an extent. Uh, I th- Honestly, I, I think I'll probably go and see Tenet again in IMAX <laughs> this time and then I don't think I'll see another movie until Death of the Nile comes out in late October. I don't even know what that is, but I'm sure we'll it get is, to it. It is an adaptation of an Agatha Christie novel. Okay. But uh yeah, that that's really I didn't I didn't have anything for uh Kajillionaire except for that. I think it looks interesting, but now that you said that, I am much more hesitant. It has potential if there's more to it than what I saw in in the trailer, but if the trailer is is fallen victim to that common problem of telling everyone what the movie is going to entail, then I just don't. I I'm just not interested. Um, yeah. Then finally, we have Infidel, which is the story of how a man is convinced to work in, to try and. I don't even know what his why he's sent over to the Middle East, but he gets captured by a terrorist cell. Well, and it's his his buddy, his was former like, friend that was found, found to, to be, be a like a yeah like a terrorist like indoctriner like a terrorist recruiter or something like that. Yeah, and, and then it, it was uh, from what I got from the trailer, his buddy was like, "You should go do this," and then he says, "All right, I'm going to go do this," and his wife is like. How you don't don't do that? Your guy, your your guy was a terrorist, and he's like, nah. And then he gets captured, and then, and then his wife's like, goes to the government, is like, why won't you help him? And then they're and like, then she, nah. She ends up going to this country and tries to fight for his freedom. And uh, 
Yeah, this this seems it says it's based on the true true events. I'll tell you right now, I would be more interested in reading the fucking news clippings out of that about that than I am about watching this movie. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Honestly, I tuned out halfway through the trailer because I and I tried to watch it twice. I just could it did not hold my attention. It seems like one part Argo, one part taken and but like the shitty crap child between the two and I could not care less about this is this, a, movie. this this is a movie where I can I can th- one of two things is going to happen in the end and I don't so and granted it's not fully predictable because I don't know which way it's technically going to go but I already can tell you what the entire storyline of the damn movie is based upon the trailer, and I have no reason to think that it's going to be compelling throughout. It's another one where I'm not sure how they're going to pad the runtime. It's, I just, I just don't care about this movie. Yep, that was was pretty much all I had written down from my notes, is like, don't care about it. And then the the brief synopsis I gave. And, uh, yeah, I guess, like, at the end, his friend is gonna pull him out, because he really was a good guy, maybe? I don't know. He, he even fucking... I don't care. I don't even care to speculate. Yeah, no. The, uh, I will say that the... I'm glad we could have an impromptu discussion about Invisible Man, uh, because it pat, it really padded the runtime of this, this podcast. Yeah. But I think, uh, just to review the... Devil all the time is uh ready for the red carpet, and then yeah, Ante- I'd put it there. Antebellum, sorry, I th- Antebellum. Would you say that we're we're hopeful that it's ready for the red carpet, but we think that it's gonna be trailer trash? Yes. And then uh, the other two, Cajillionaire and Infidel, are trailer trash. Hey, you know I'm gonna put Cajillionaire with Antebellum. I'm hopeful for it. But probably not. Yeah, it's not. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm rather pessimistic on it. Yeah, and then yeah, Infidel. I don't think stands a, a chance in hell. <laughs> uh, the and then also listen to my other podcast, Fade the Public. Uh, anything else? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think that's it. That was quite the plugs. But uh, yeah, cool. Thanks for tuning in and. Uh, Until next time. Until next time?